Welcome to the teaching ministry of Dr. Benji Kelly and New Hope Church. Dr. Kelly is currently leading us through a series entitled, Choose to Lose. Because of God's great work in our lives, we now have the power to make great choices. We don't need big faith to accomplish huge goals. We just need a little faith in a big God. Are you ready to trust Him for the unbelievable? What will you choose to lose? Here's Dr. Kelly with this week's podcast. Hey, New Hope. Good to see you guys today and to welcome all of our campuses. I'm going to start with the closest campus and we're going to extend out. So I want to welcome Durham Central Campus and the Coffee House. And we're going to go to North Raleigh. We're going to welcome you folks over there in the capital city. Sanford Campus, NCCIW, Garner Campus, Columbia Campus, Kenya Campus. We just announced our first deep water well in Kenya. We love the Kenya Campus and the Internet Campus. Come on, everybody. Welcome everybody into the house of God. Today, I'm so excited about this message. I love, love, love this kind of message. But before I get into it, I just want to say two things real quickly. First of all, I was in Fayetteville this weekend. My daughter was playing some basketball, and I went to the Axis uh, Weekend Retreat. And they're still there, by the way, and it is a bunch of students and children, I mean, student ministry staff from all of our campuses and student ministry leaders and volunteers from all of our campuses. And I was there on Friday night and I saw probably somewhere around 20, 25 students stand to their feet and accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Yeah, yeah. Then yesterday they went all day and then today they're there and I just want to ask you to pray for them. They're finishing up today and they'll come back to all of the campuses later today. But I just want to say to all the student uh, pastors and leaders and volunteers from, from all of us, thank you for caring for the next generation and pouring into the next generation. Come on, church. And then I just want to say this real quickly. This, I just find this is spirit-led. Um, 50 years ago today, 50 years ago um, Our country experienced Bloody Sunday in Selma, Alabama. And I don't know if you saw this yesterday, but every now and then an image will grab me and I'm like, oh, that is a a powerful metaphor for the future. And I want to show you a picture of President Obama and, and President Bush together walking across the bridge, the historic bridge in Selma, Alabama. Now, let me tell you something. If those two men can hook up, there is a God in heaven. And here's, here's what God dropped into my spirit. Listen, we can never go forward unless we go together. We can never go forward to advance the kingdom and break down sins of the past and build up a God-honoring future unless we put aside our differences, hello, and go together. Amen? Amen. Amen. So I'm just excited about that. Let's pray and jump into the message today. Father, we love you. And uh, God, I really am. I, I I love what I'm about to talk about today, God. It's, um, I believe, really not much of anything great happens without the kind of stuff that we're going to talk about today. And so, Father, I just pray for a supernatural anointing of the Holy Spirit. Pray that you take our minds, God, as we settle into the Word. 
take our minds and think through them, Father, even as we write notes, would you impress them indelibly upon our hearts and our minds and our lives? Father, take my lips and speak through them today, for if you do not speak, then absolutely nothing of any significance will have been spoken. This we pray in Jesus' name and the faith-filled people of God said, Amen. Amen. So we're in a series called Choose to Lose. We only have two weeks left, this week and next week. And I hope, I hope you've been blessed. And this is what we've been talking about. What does it say? That was week one. We talked about faith. We talked about faith and we talked about at the end of the day, a series like this, we're only going to actually accomplish great things when we think about caring for our bodies and our minds and our relationships and all those things without faith. What is it? Food. How's your food? How's your food intake coming? You guys, you guys changing any? Oh, good. Good. I love it. I know, I know I am and I'm praying and I'm not where I need to be, but good Lord, I'm not where I used to be. Amen. Uh, then we talked about fitness. Fitness. You guys getting more active? Good, good. And springtime's coming, and that kind of helps, doesn't it? Time change and warmer weather. I mean, who wants to get out and exercise when it's like, you know, one degree? <laughs> All right. So that's fitness. Focus. Focus. The mind. We looked at that last week. Friends. Friends is supposed to be today. Supposed to be today. Next week, we're going to wrap it all up. Don't miss next Sunday. It's kind of a lifestyle deal. We're going to kind of, I'm going to try to kind of review it and put it all together and talk about how this impacts us going forward. But I'm coming back to focus today. Coming back to what? We looked at focus last week, and we're supposed to be at Friends this week, and you're probably thinking, well, what about Friends? I wanted to get a message on Friends. Where's my sermon on Friends? Here's your sermon on Friends. Get some. Uh, hey, last week was good, but I, I just, I, man, I think there's a lot more to say about focus. I, I think that, and, and some of you, like the weather kept you away last week, but I think, I think last week was about the weight and the glory of God, but we need a lot more on focus if we are ever going to integrate and experience fundamental life change when it comes to physical fitness and, and um, eating right and this theology of health that I've been unpacking for the last uh, couple of weeks. So I'm going back to focus. And again, message on friends, man, just get you some. Talk about health. Go with your friends. And we're, not in the, we're in the middle of a life group semester, so we don't have group links, so I can't really invite you to get involved in life groups right now. And most of you are already in life groups. So yes, I'm skipping friends. And we're going back to focus. If you're with me, say amen. amen. All right, so check it out. Scripture, let's just get right on to the Word of God. Ready? Read it with me. Ready? Go. Wake up, sleeper. Rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live, not as, but as, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are what? And then look at what the word says. Look at what the word says. Therefore, do not be, but understand what the Lord's will is. So what I want to talk to you about today is tapping into the wisdom of God. Because the Bible says the days are what? 
evil. And the Bible says that you can actually experience wisdom. How many of you need, how many of you desire more wisdom from on high? Exactly, man. If you don't raise your hand for that, you either can't raise your hands or you've already passed away. I mean, you're just taking up space on planet earth, beloved. So everybody here wants more wisdom from God. I want tons of more wisdom from God. And the Bible says in Romans 12, watch this, ready? Go. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be what? By the renewing of your mind. So let's just stop there right for a moment. Be, be what? What's this word right here? Now, that word in the Greek actually comes from our word metamorphosis. Metamorphosis. How many of you remember studying metamorphosis in grade school? It's the whole caterpillar, what? Becoming the butterfly. So the Bible is saying that your mind can experience a metamorphosis, a transformation such that you do away with the foolishness and the evil of this world and you actually tap into the wisdom of God. By the what? By the what? Good job. Now watch this. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good pleasing and again how many of you want to know what god's will is for your life exactly we we all desire this so we're going to tap into this wisdom from god there is a way to do this okay and here's what you need to know i hope you're taking notes grab that pen in front of you get your teaching notes turn this over here's the first thing you need to know first thing you need to write down this is really really key this 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 is huge short little sentence but it's huge if you change your brain You'll change your life. If you change your brain, you will change your life. Now, what we do as human beings is we have a tendency to want to change our lives, but we don't give our brain any attention. And and come on, let's not be too hard on ourselves. Isn't that kind of natural? We see our bodies. We don't see our brains unless we go in for a CAT scan. So we have this, this propensity for ignoring the brain and focusing on the body when what we should do is focus on the brain, let God transform the brain, check it out, and the body will soon follow. You can go any, into any secular bookstore and look on the bookshelves of positivistic, self-help kind of stuff. And at the end of the day, what 99% of it is behavioral modification. But what behavioral modification ends up neglecting and missing is that that really only happens when we start to transform our brains. Now, this should get you fired up. If tapping in to the wisdom of Almighty God and having your mind renewed, your brain transformed to go after God's will for your life, His pleasing and perfect will, and to tap into God's wisdom, if that excites you, let me hear, come on, I don't know, let's, let's roll, Pastor. Come on, let's go get this. Let's go get this today. Let's talk about the brain. Did you know? Through a series of decisions and disciplines, you can engage the brain and begin a journey towards wellness that will offer you, come on, increased energy, lower stress, physical fitness, better sleep, and many other benefits. But here here are the cold, hard facts. 
<laughs> that reminds me of the Coors commercial. <laughs> Here, here's the cold, hard facts. There's no reason to sugarcoat any of this because these are important matters. Most folks have never mastered the ability. Here's the word I want you to focus on today. Focus. Most folks have never mastered the ability to focus. And here's the results. The inability to focus or the loss of focus causes many of us, me included, to have innumerable hopeful starts and failed stops. As many things compete for our attention and we make bad decisions. In your brain right now, you have what many have called in the past pleasure centers. What are they called? Pleasure centers. And the pleasure centers in your brain right now are those things that cause you to want to focus on those things that give you pleasure. Like eating that third piece of chocolate cake. When you know you shouldn't, the pleasure center kicks in and you actually indulge. How many of you, come on, how many of you have thought about starting to eat better? Oh, I've done this so many times. You, you want to start a new season of learning how to eat better and you really feel God doing it, but it's Thursday. <laughs> wow, I didn't expect that. I mean, why start eating healthy on Thursday? And so you think, you know what? I'll, I'll wait and do it on Monday. And no, Lord, no, I'm not going to do it on Sunday because Sunday's the day of celebration, right? As Martin Luther said, Sunday's a small Easter, right? So who would ever in their right mind think about eating healthy on a Thursday? And so what do you do on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday? What do you do? <laughs> You're just like, oh, I'm going to eat it. I'm going to eat it. I'm going to eat it. And then I'll, I'll, I'll do it on Monday. What is that? That's the pleasure center kicking in and taking over your brain. But here's what you need to know. There's another part of your brain. And this is the part of your brain that you have to train and realize that God can transform this. And you can pray for it by name. I, that's what I've been doing as I've been studying for this message. There is what is called the prefrontal cortex. The what? Prefrontal cortex. Now, most of you, you might have heard about this in school, but here it is. It's the front part of your brain. The prefrontal cortex is like the executive part of your brain. It's like the boss at the workplace, if you know what I'm saying. It's the prefrontal cortex that says no to the third piece of chocolate cake because it knows that you don't want a bulging belly, nor do you want bulging medical bills 40 years from now. The prefrontal cortex is where we ask God to transform our brains so that we can have focus, forethought, Planning. Here's one. Here's one. I'm going to talk about this as the message unfolds. Self-control. When your prefrontal cortex is strong, look at this. It reigns in your pleasure center so that you can enjoy life, but in a thoughtful, God-honoring way. So how do we do this, though? 
How do we start to transform the brain so that God can start to move in our lives and we can start making good disciplines when it comes to, and this is not just about food, when it comes to food intake, when it comes to physical fitness, when it comes to sexuality, when it comes to relationships, when it comes to parenting. How can we do that? Here's the most neglected and important thing you can ever do. It's the formulation of a plan. It's the what, church? It's the formulation of a plan. Some of you might not have ever been taught this. Others of you might have been taught this. You might have applied this in your life over the years. But somewhere along the way, you stopped formulating a plan for the areas in your life that you want to get better Here's what you need to know. One of my favorite sayings of all time. Staff have heard me say this over and over and over. Here it is. If you aim at nothing, you will hit it every time. If you aim at nothing in your life, you will be absolutely successful every time. Like, let me be a prophet. Let me just give you some prophecy today. I know there's so many of you like me, you want to eat better, you want to be more physically fit, you want to live your relationships better, some of you have vocational endeavors and goals, but here's my prophecy to you today. If you don't take the time to formulate a plan, nine times out of ten, you will never actually acquire and achieve what you were desiring in the first place. What I'm talking to you about doing today, check it out church is to actually develop a bullseye. What is the bullseye for your life as you think about this Choose to Lose series? What is the plan that God is calling you to formulate? You know what God's calling you to do and be with your life. That's different for every single person in here. But the reality is every single person in here needs to formulate a plan. What is the bullseye? What am I going to aim at in this particular area of my life or another particular area of my life? If you were to go into my bathroom right now, which I don't want you to, but if you were on my mirror you would actually see a Daniel plan written out for my life, the, the goals that I have in terms of eating, the desired weight that I want to be, the progress that I'm making on that, and you will see a verse of Scripture. What have I done? I have formulated a plan. The question for you is, have you done that? This is all about establishing a goal or a plan that will give you focus because all of you have goals, right? But here's what you need to know. A goal is a dream with a deadline. Say it with me. What? A goal is a what? See, we all have goals. But have we taken the time to solidify the goals to put them in writing that will enable us to reach that? Here's a question for you. Great question just for us to sit in for just a moment. In what areas of your life do you desire life change? Just pause there for a moment. 
Like if you're like me, man, you got so many desires in your life for life change. What are the areas that you desire this? Those are the areas that you need focused goals. Goals which are dreams of yours with solid deadlines that will enable you to get there. Now, to do that, I want to give you something that will change how you make your goals. Write this in. What's that say? As you make goals in your life at any of the campuses, as you start to craft out your goals for whatever area, again, this is the, the options are wide open. You need to make sure your goals are what? Smart. Let me show you, let me show you what that means. S, write it in. It stands for specific. The problem with many of our goals is they're just kind of they're just kind of ambiguous. Yeah, I want to eat better. I really want to eat better. How's that working out for you? If I don't have a goal, it's not going to work. And if my goal is not what? What is it? If my goal is not specific, I'm pretty much I'm pretty much still aiming at nothing. And I'm going to hit it every time. Here's another one. Oh, man. What is it? Measurable. As you start to focus on your goals, you want to make sure your goal is measurable. I want to take in this much calories. I want to run this much so that I can be ready for the 5K or the 10K. I want to run this much so that I can be ready for a half marathon or a full marathon. I want to... I want to date only these kinds of people so that I end up with a godly spouse who has handled their sexuality in a way that honors God, and that's the kind of person I want to be with for the rest of my life. Your, your desired spouse can be measurable. Now, word of warning to those of you who end up getting married, they change over time. But so do you, right? So it's all good. What's, what's the next one? A, assignable. Assignable. My goal needs to be assignable. It needs to specify who will do it. Oh, by the way, check this out. Sometimes your goals are not just for you. They're for your life or they're for your business or for the, they're for your home. And sometimes what you need to do is learn to delegate. I'll talk about that in a little bit as well. What's the R stand for? Realistic. How many of you have ever started a goal and you were so ambitious that you soon realized your goal was unrealistic? How many of you have ever set a goal? I'm going to read, I'm going to read through the Bible in a month. And you start out in Genesis, man, you're up at 5 o'clock in the morning and you're just plowing through Scripture and you're like, this is awesome. Then you get to Exodus and you're still rocking. Then you get to Leviticus. And you bog down and you start to realize, listen, Leviticus is going to take me a little longer than Genesis, right? I can't do this in a month. Your goals really need to be realistic. 
And here's the T. This is, this is the goal that has a, a deadline. Here's the T. Specify when the result or results can and should be achieved. In other words, you need to make sure there's a time element to it. You need to make sure there's a deadline to it. And here's what's cool. Watch this, church. If, if I have smart goals, what's the S? Good job. What's the M? What's the A? What's the R? And what's the T? Great. If I have goals that are smart and I have a formulated plan that encapsulates those smart goals, when I start to go at that area of my life, am I going to hit a bullseye every time? No. Because nobody here is perfect, right? I'm going to hit this every now and then. I might get in here. But if I have a formulated smart plan, it enables me, watch this, to think progress, not perfection. Because if you're not careful, especially, let me talk to just the perfectionistic people around here. If you have perfectionistic tendencies, which I do, and I don't do this, and I start to strike out, I start to miss the bullseye in my life. If I'm not careful, discouragement and despair can set in. Oh, I see a lot of heads shaking yes to this one. How many of you have tried something, you failed, and you ended up getting discouraged, and you're like, what the heck? Like, why, why try anymore? Because I can't be perfect. Well, no, you can't be perfect. But what keeps you from getting discouraged, what keeps you from getting on the crazy train, what keeps you from the crazy train derailing, if you will, is a formulated plan that is encapsulating smart goals that allow you to do this. I said this, so I might as well go and throw it up here. What we're talking about is focused goals enable you to think progress, not perfection. They enable you to think progress, not perfection. Now, this is all about us allowing God to transform the brain. This whole process enables God's Holy Spirit to get a, he- get a hold of your brain, transform your prefrontal cortex. You learn to become a disciplined person. Discipline, discipline, discipline. It's not a word that we get excited about. How many of you, come on, how many of you love the word discipline? That's what I thought. Now I got some good news for you, or bad news for you, depending on how you look at it. The word discipline, you know what it comes from? It comes from the word disciple. So if you're going to be a disciple, which is what? A disciplined follower of Jesus. If you and I are going to be disciples, we have to learn To value the word discipline. The Bible says this. Just so you know, this is all in the word of God. 2 Timothy 1.7. Come on. 2 Timothy 1.7. Out loud, really strong like it's the word of the Lord. Ready? Go. God did not give us a spirit of fear and... But of... But of what? And... Come on, one more time. I just want that to sell in really strong. Ready? God did not give us a spirit of fear and, but of power, 
love and self-discipline. Self-discipline. This is key, church. Self-control. And then some of you are trying to get self-control on your own. And this leads to the discouragement, right? This leads to derailing. Watch this. This is key. Write this down. Self-control comes from learning how to give God control of my life. If you're trying to get self-control and you're trying to acquire self-control on your own, again, here's another word of prophecy. It's not going to happen. Like, I'm constantly trying to say, God, please let me, let me not take control of my life. Instead, allow me to learn how to surrender my life in such a way that you have full control over my life. Because if you're not mastered by God, you will be mastered by anything. Oh. If you're not mastered by God, you will be mastered by anything. If you're mastered by God, you will not allow all the other stuff that's competing for your attention to master you. My daughter mentioned her. My daughter... um. When she was little, she was probably, I don't know, I'm guessing about two and a half years old. I was in the bedroom with her, and I was laying on her bed. I was reading her a story. Got finished reading the story, and we started talking. And, and there weren't, there, it wasn't very lit in the room. I think we had the, the lights off, and we just had a little nightlight going. So we could barely see each other, but it was kind of dark. And, and we were just talking. I was just trying to connect with her. And all of a sudden, again, this little girl, two and a half, three years old, she, she looks over at me, and we're talking, but I'm looking I'm looking up. She looks over at me, and at that tender little age of two and a half, three years old, she grabs my face and turns it facing her face. <laughs> Even at that young, tender age, my daughter knew what gets your attention gets you. What, what gets your attention, your focus, gets you you what is it going to take what's it going to take for you to motivate change that's actually the question that I want to leave you with today and I gotta tell you I, I was telling I was telling um I was telling Chad last week Pastor Chad Lunsford we were sitting over here and I was telling him that this series has been interesting because as, as I've talked to us about tricky subjects like what we eat, and as I've talked to you about things like physical fitness, I've actually learned that that is one of the most tricky subjects to talk to us about. I mean, you want to start getting up in people's business, start talking to them about the food they eat. It's it's almost as difficult as talking to you folks about being financially faithful. We all know how subjects of money is in the church, right? By the way, if you ever want to be a faithful giver, you'll never be able to do it without a plan. We mentioned hope rising earlier. 
If you're ever, and this is for me too, this is why we have a plan. If you're ever going to fulfill the pledge that you made in Hope Rising at all of our campuses, if you're ever going to fulfill that pledge, you better make a plan. Or it just won't happen. So this subject matter of what we eat, this theology of health, this subject matter of physical fitness, of which I've confessed every single week, like I'm, I'm, not, I'm not the master at this. Like I'm in this with you. I, I'm preaching to myself most Sundays. You hope you know that. But what, what's it going to take for you to motivate change in your life? Because here's what I know about you. You want to be great people. You wouldn't have gotten up and come to church on a Sunday that we lost an hour of sleep anyway. I mean, who would do that? You wouldn't have done that today. If you didn't deeply desire to be a better person. So here's what I want to say to you. Being a better person... It's not about working harder. It's about having better focus. Some of you are already working as hard as you possibly can. This should be good news. Some of you are like you're fried. You're working so hard. And you're trying to be a better person. Again, I know that about you. You're good-hearted people. You wouldn't be here if you weren't. So hear this. You don't become a better person just by working harder. Like some of you need to delegate more. Not abdicate, but delegate more. Parents in your home. Oh my Lord, delegate delegate some of the activities and some of what it takes to make your home run. Delegate it to your children. We live in a culture that's not teaching our children how to work. Call me old school, but I think the youngins should do some stuff around the house. I mean, like, as I I used to say back where I'm from, you need to earn your stay. Come on now. Some of you, some of you moms and dads, but, man, you're... You're you're juggling so many balls and you're trying, you're just doing it all and you're thinking little Johnny can just keep staying, playing on his, his iPhone or his iPad. Snatch that technology up. Give him a chore list. And he'll moan and groan. He'll weep and gnash his teeth. He'll, he'll, I told little Joshua a day, I told him to do something. My little youngest one, Josh, said, Josh, you need to go do something. You know what he said to me? Why you got to be so cruel? I said, what? Then he goes, don't you know I'm human too? (laughs) If you don't know, that's a song, man. (laughs) I said, boy. Being a better person is not about working harder. Unless you're not working hard. If you're not working hard, you need to start working hard. Because you ain't going to get anywhere in life anyway. But most of you are... Or working hard enough. It's about establishing 
better focus. I was in Fayetteville yesterday. My daughter was playing basketball. And we were waiting for the game to start. And How many of you are from Fayetteville? If you're Columbia campus, Fayetteville is a, a, a city in North Carolina. And um, I was never so glad to get back to Chapel Hill in all my life. I'll just leave it at that. Oh, God bless Fayetteville. But I was in Fayetteville, man. That's the stinking armpit of North Carolina right there. Yes, I just said that. Sorry. Might need to edit that out. Some people in Fayetteville might be watching this. I was in Fayetteville yesterday, and, and I was just kind of trying to waste some time before the game started, and, and it was just me and my two youngest kids because Amy Land was in Chapel Hill getting a kid from the baseball game back to Fayetteville for the weekend uh, retreat, and then she was going to join me for uh, Anna Grace's basketball game last night, and right by the hotel, because we didn't have a car, because Amy Land left, so we didn't have a car, and there was a restaurant right by the hotel, and it's Cracker Barrel. Love some Cracker Barrel. Hard to eat Daniel Strong on the Cracker Barrel. You know what I'm saying? But, but we, you know, hey, you got to do what you got to do. It's, it was there. So we went to Cracker Barrel. And we went in, and there was like a 20-minute wait. So what do you do at Cracker Barrel if you have a wait? You, you got one or two options. You shop, which is what you women do. Or you go outside and you rock. Oh, you shop or you rock. Shop or rock. Well, I went outside and rocked. And they had checkers out there. So I started playing checkers with Caleb and but as I was sitting there, God gave me this, this deal, this, this kind of this metaphor, this illustration. Here, here's how it came to me. A life without focus is a lot like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but you ain't going anywhere. That'll preach. A life without focus is a lot like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but you aren't going anywhere. You aren't. And you want to go places. You want to reach great things. You want to soar to higher heights. I know this about you. Formulate a plan. Whatever area it is, whatever area of your life where you know God's calling you to get better, formulate a plan. Literally, come up with smart goals. Track your progress, not perfection. And you watch God take your life to higher heights, greater impact, greater fulfillment, greater purpose. And you'll sit back one day, you'll sit back one day, and you'll look around. Here's what you need. You'll look around, and you'll be set apart. You'll look around, and you'll be in places that very few people ever reach. Because you had the ability to tap into the wisdom of God. And become a great, great human being to the glory and the honor of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? Let's pray. Father, I pray this for my brothers and sisters. God, I ask that you take 
this message, God. And if there was anything in it that's not of you, as always, God, just let it fall by the wayside. But God, for the man, for the woman, for the student who is here, and they, they want to live fantastic lives. God, they want to steward over this one and only life well. God, they want to get to the end of their lives and stand before the judgment seat of Christ and hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. Oh God, give us the ability, give us the the discipline, the self-control to establish goals in our lives, Father, dreams with deadlines and to wrap those into this smart analogy, God, that we can we can in all these areas that we want to be better for you, God. This is not about earning salvation. This is just about a life well lived. In all of those areas, God, that we want to do better for you, better for ourselves, better for our spouses, better for our children, better for our future spouses. Thank you for reminding us today that you did not give us a spirit of fear or timidity, but of power of love and of self-control. Father, unleash this in our lives, enabling us to become Daniel strong, not by our own strength, O oh God, but by your power and your might. Bless my brothers and sisters, God, at all of the campus locations today. God, let this series reverberate into the years ahead. Let it not just be a series that we, we forget about, but let, us, let it set us apart to the glory and honor of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you would like to learn more about the ministries of New Hope Church, please stop by one of our six campuses anytime or visit us online at newhopenc.org. If you have any prayer requests, please send those to prayers at newhopenc.org and our pastors and staff will stand with you in prayer. We hope you'll join us next week. God bless and thank you for being a part of our church family.